All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode. And I got another guest with us today who happens to be from the real world Miami, Mike Lambert. How you doing, sir? I'm doing fine, Michael. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, it's good to finally meet you. Obviously, you know, we connected and you know that I've chatted with a few of your previous cast members. Um, so I'm very fortunate and glad to be speaking with you today, sir. How you doing? Like just on a general basis. You know what? Well, I'm uh, I'm doing well. I um, I'm living in North Florida now where I was actually from. Uh, I got a little place by the beach. Uh, I last year hit the ripe old age of 50. So I'm not the young buck that I was, you know, back doing the show. Uh, and all is well, you know, dealing with family issues and stuff. And as you get older, things happen like that. and You get used to it by this point. Yeah. Uh, but all is pretty well, though. I'm not complaining about anything. Yeah, man. I remember going back and uh, checking out Miami and seeing like you being from Florida and then having to go shoot the thing in Miami. Was that like ever like a double edged sword type of thing? You know, shooting it in the same like state? No, no. And I'll tell you why, because Northeast Florida is basically Southeast Georgia in so many ways. <laughs> and then Miami is anything but the rest of Florida. It's a melting pot of so many diverse, you know, cultures and ethnicities, uh, obviously the big Cuban population, which Melissa was, um, and then a very dynamic uh, at the time. I, just, I don't know about now, but, you know, the gay the gay scene down there was very big, uh, you know, Dan getting his jobs and all that. Um, so it would introduce me to a lot of stuff that I had never seen before, uh, just being up in northeast Florida. But going down there, yeah, it was a lot different. That being said, it was fun. Like it was, it was intriguing to learn and see how different life really was. Yeah, it kind of did seem like you and maybe Joe specifically were like two of those that maybe had more the most of the culture shock because these are things that you guys probably weren't exposed to up to that point and kind of yeah. You know, keep culture. keep in mind we were both in our early twenties. I think I was twenty four. Joe was twenty five, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and Joe's you know guy from Brooklyn. You know, and I, you know, I'm sure he had traveled some by then and I had traveled a little bit too. I'd stayed in Italy for a while and all that, but yeah, being in Miami, it was definitely for Joe and I, uh, dancing to fit right in. I mean, he was just like, let's, let's bring it, let's go out. And not only that, you know, down there, um, as far as culture goes, you know, being up here, we go to bars or you know, to nightclubs, uh, but you go out at eight or nine, have dinner and you're home by 12 or one down there. We didn't even go out till midnight. You know, so learning and, you know, being exposed to that whole atmosphere, too, was quite different. But again, fun and entertaining. But I don't think I could do it at this age. <laughs> I couldn't yeah. imagine. So, yeah, yeah. You never no, know, being though, I mean, you get on one of these, uh, you know, reunion shows they're doing, you might have to. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. And, I, you know, what? I mean, I'm not scared to try anything. Let's put it that way. I, I'd do it, but I don't think I would enjoy it like I used to. Yeah. 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 Your cast is one of the casts that I think many would refer to as like sort of the ones that have gone private after the show more so, right? Like I'd say like some casts, like they like to remain in the spotlight and continue to like post what they're eating for breakfast every morning on social media. Whereas like you guys kind of took like the, the life and career approach. At what point maybe for you, like after you, I guess, got off your last stint of doing like an entertainment thing when it came to MTV, did you make the effort to want to like maybe move towards a career-based type of life than like the reality tv stuff well you know actually right after uh, my season i started doing private investigation um so i kind of started a little career base there uh but i was able to do a couple challenges as well but it was after the second challenge in cabo when we were down there for my birthday we actually had the toga party because of the hurricane that came in hurricane juliet 
Um, they, I got called for a challenge maybe two years after that. And it wasn't so much just the limelight or being out there doing it or the, the chance of the financial, you know, gratitude or anything like that. It was more about the uh, drama. And once I hit 30 years old, you know, I just realized I didn't want to deal with bullshit anymore. Yeah. You know, you know, especially when you're 30 and you're dealing with all the, the young kids, like I used to be like myself, who are now 21, 22. And they love that shit. They thrive on it. Whereas I'm like, just get the fuck away from me. You know, I don't, I don't need that anymore in my life. And anybody that knows me now knows that I am like completely drama free. You know, I don't just don't deal with it. But that being said, you know, if we were to get another reunion, I would, um, I would deal with drama, but I don't think there would be much drama. You know, when we're all pushing 50 or pushing 50 now, you know, attitudes change. So. Well, I mean, if you watch the first three homecomings, you would think that, right? But then, see, I have not watched it. Um, I have talked to, uh, yeah, I, let's put it this way. Uh, well, Norm, who's on the first season, oh, I spoke uh, to him yesterday. Actually, he was on. Here. Norm, so Norm is yeah. one of my best friends in life. Uh, Norm and I and Rachel from San Francisco lived together in Beverly, Beverly Hills, um, and Norm just became like my big brother. So we talk all the time. Um, but yeah, Norm, Norm is a great, great person. Uh, but I've gotten to meet a few of these people uh, and got to know him. And when I talked to Norm about his season, about the homecoming, I should say, he said it was phenomenal. Uh, but he's like, Mike, just take the money and run. You know, like, don't don't get too involved with it. So I figure if we have to do this again or not have to do it again, but if we all decide to do it again, I'll do it and just deal with whatever comes along. But again, like I said, at this age, I don't see a lot of total drama playing out, you know. Because I've also heard that Melissa just had a child, too. Really? Yeah. So I don't think, you know, people at this age, you just don't want to deal with that shit anymore. Mm-hmm. I always ask this to some of my guests, like when they step into career paths outside of entertainment, like were the doors more so closing or opening or did they experience kind of like the whole gamut? What was maybe the contrast for you, like when trying to step into like more of a career path? Did like that ever did your time on tv like ever like close any doors or would you say they opened any or just somewhere i wouldn't say as career-wise uh i don't think it was affected anything tv you know the reality the the, the challenges the actual uh real world itself i don't there was nothing that affected me anyway i think the only thing that that did was open up doors for me to meet people hmm. and the things i've done ever since then are because of that um uh, you know, meeting the people that I've met from the shows or either through people from the shows. Um, I moved to California in 97, the year after. Um, and because of the real world, I've met a couple of people who've turned into be like my best friends in life. Therefore, I've traveled the world with them, you know, that kind of stuff. But as far as career wise, it hasn't really affected me much uh, because in the PI business, everything's pretty private anyway. You yeah. know what I mean? So um, but now I uh, I'm a co-owner of um a men's clothing store slash bar called T-Dubs, which oh, right there, um, which is right here in Atlantic Beach on the on the ocean. And then uh, some aesthetic centers as well. Um, so that kind of helps if you want to, you know, there's Mike. Hey, he's on the real world coming to the bar, blah, blah, blah. But for the most part, nobody really recognizes me like they did 25 years ago. Yeah, it could help with like if they know that you're on the real world, they might assume like, OK, this person's pretty well-spoken or good with people so that could be more of like an inviting environment than to have you there right. you know what i mean yeah well having a bar being on the real world and i'm pretty much an extrovert too i'm also an introvert but I, i'm very yeah. when i'm out i'm out like come on let's let's yeah. party so that helps quite a bit and then a lot of people don't recognize me but you'll always hear something in the background hey that's mike he was on the real world and that seems to open and it's funny because a lot of the people who do that 
like, hey, you were on the real world. I'm like, yeah, how old are you? They're like, oh, 23. I'm like, fuck, you weren't even born yet. You know, that that still amazes me. I'm like, do you have a mom? You know, <laughs> something. You got recognized a lot in public, like back in the day, like when this thing first came out? When it first came out, yeah. Um, I, again, he, everything was new then. We were the fifth season. Mm-hmm. So everything was new. So everybody was watching it. I mean, I'm sure they still did after us. But everything, the whole real world, the concept, everything was new. So, yeah, the first, I would say, three, four years was, you know, anywhere you went was, you know, pretty much like that. But then again, you know, moving to L.A., I was in Beverly Hills the first year and then Manhattan Beach the next 12 years. But people out there don't give a shit, you know, because there's celebrities everywhere. So literally, you know, we're real world, you're, you're a peon, you know, you're not like Tom Cruise or, you know, Kevin Baker, you know, whoever it is. <laughs> But yeah, you still get recognized and it's fun. It was fun at times. Um, and then doing like charity events was always fun, mm. you know, stuff like that uh, around the country and speaking gigs. I did a lot with Joe. In fact, that was the last time I saw Joe up until a month ago it was 20. 20- yeah, I saw that. So you guys linked up. Was that like, yeah, a, yeah. did you guys run into each other or was that planned? No, he was in town for a wedding uh, down in St. Augustine, which is about 45 minutes south. Um, and he's like, come on, man. I'm like, let's meet up. I just want to see it because I actually have a. Uh, a great affinity for Joe. I just think he's such a wonderful person, everything he does with his charities. Um, and so we got together for about, I don't know, an hour and a half or so, had lunch. Uh, he came to my store and uh, then we walked across the street, had lunch and just laughed our asses off really for about an hour. And then yeah. he had to take off. It, it's good to see that like he's on board for the whole homecoming too. Cause I think he was one of the question marks like uh, that a lot of people he would have been a question mark. Yeah. Um, like, Dan contacted me and he's like, look, we got to get a hold of Joe. And I'm like, look, I talked to Joe quite a bit. No big deal. Um, Cynthia, he had talked to, said she was in. Then they got a hold of Flora, said she was in. So our two thoughts of the people who might be holdouts for this whole thing that would disrupt it, because apparently they need all seven, uh, would be Sarah and uh, Melissa. Well, being a PI, I found both of them and gave contact. And I called Sarah, actually. I called Sarah myself, which was great to talk to her. We talked for two hours catching up. Um, and then I passed on Melissa's number and I think Flora got a hold of her and she agreed, said, yeah, I'll do it. Even though she had just had a baby. I think this was five months ago, maybe four months ago, she had a baby. So, and I think she's 48, 49, maybe. Wow. But yeah. So as far as I know, everybody's given a thumbs up. So, um, now it's just a matter of getting a greenlit and if it gets greenlit, it sounds like we're all in. Uh, yeah, I think that was what everybody was wondering, because right now you guys are like the hot thing on the market right now amongst like the audience. Like everybody likes to speculate, like, oh, who could be next? Miami's like the really? yeah, Miami's like trending thing right now. Now, where do you get that info? Oh, it's all over Twitter. Is man. it really? Yeah. OK, like I said, I don't do a lot of that stuff. I'm a Facebook, Instagram guy, so I don't really read a lot of it. But that's great. Look, I hope it happens. I mean, we really do just for the. Just to be able to see those guys again, even, you know, just for a week or two, because let's be honest, you know, doing something like that is a huge part of your life. Um, And like the people you want to spend the time with, you know, that you did it with, you you know, like it's kind of like the Brady Bunch doing a reunion or something, you know, you you spend a good portion of your life, even though it was only six months. But it'd be kind of cool to, you know, re reorganize and just see each other again, just for a brief moment. Chances are it'll never happen again. Yeah, not only that, just for the special moment of like seeing you guys back together, for you guys obviously to live that out would be great. I think just as just like a whole experience, though, you guys didn't really get like much back in the day to go pretty much put your lives out there for the entire world to see. And you guys laid the foundation for what 
reality TV would then become by putting your stories out there for others to decipher and say maybe like they could connect with somebody in the audience and then they could relate to that and it could help them in their life. Like, right. I think with now, like the checks that they're giving out for the homecomings, like that's probably something that uh, you guys deserve for what you guys did back in the day. Yeah, well, you know, I I wouldn't say that we, our season actually did that. I mean, you got to look at the previous seasons, you know, with Pedro and, you know, Norm being the first, you know, openly gay guy, you know, stuff like that. I think they were way more groundbreaking than us. Um, I think ours was just more of, I don't know, we had fun. Uh, We were in South Beach. We had our fights. We had our moments. And I personally don't think ours was like a great season, but we did have the best house. I will say that. It was a nice house. Yeah, our house was pretty much... I person that i've ever seen you know again i don't watch them since my season but um yeah i think our house was fantastic um but yeah we put ourselves out there and the pay scale of what we did back then six months for i mean just a few thousand dollars to be honest now they gave us 50 grand to try and start a business mm-hmm. and that's south beach man you're not starting to any business with fifty thousand dollars even in 1996 but um yeah the pay scale is quite different now and yeah, I, I think uh, we'd be worthy of that for a couple of weeks because I'm sure we'd be pretty entertaining, at least. Yeah. Did you have a plan for the business while you were out there? Or were you more so focused on like just connecting? You know what I did? And they um, I, I still think I had the best idea ever. Um, and it was basically knowing that we could not start a business with $50,000, a sustainable business. Uh, we had an end to a lot of celebrities down there. Uh, Aerosmith was staying down there. Steven Tyler, we were hanging out. Uh, I mean, a ton of celebrities. And we, Dan and I were both working at Ocean Drive Magazine. We had the opportunity to throw what I thought would have been the greatest party ever and make it a fundraiser for a charity. Um, so that was my idea. Like, hey, let's throw a big fucking party. Let's get all these celebrities and make it a fundraiser for charity. And let's just give the money back. You know, we could have raised, I think, shitloads of money. And uh, they're like, no. That's too easy. So we, we that got shot down. The cast or production said that the production shut it down. They're like, no, no, you gotta you gotta start a business. That's the whole thing. Man, and, and yeah, I think that, I, that bummed me out. Yeah. I guess ethically speaking, I see where they're coming from, but from a television standpoint, like why not green like that? Yeah, exactly. And you know, I guarantee because at that time the real world, I mean, I don't know. The progression of the further real world went, if it became more popular or less popular because you've done so many. Plus, there's so many other reality shows. But at the time, um, we were known. The real world was known. Again, we were just filming, so we weren't known yet. We were just filming. But the real world itself was known and new. So I think that would have been a huge deal. I think all the celebrities that would have, you know, that were there at the time would have jumped on that in a heartbeat. Um, and yeah, I was pretty bummed that that didn't happen. But that was my idea. That was my one business idea. Uh, and again, that's not a business, but it's something to do with the money. And I think it would have went for for good. It would make good TV, no denying that. <laughs> Absolutely. Could you imagine that one? Holy shit! Yeah, because also we were down there, and it was the heart like of modeling season. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know that like literally all the models we were all hanging out at every bar all the time. So celebrities, models, that would have made a great fundraiser, and I think we could have raised a ton of cash for that one. But like I said, like we got the two thumbs down. Was that like a popular thing, like while you guys were filming, like we're like, say, like hypothetically, if you're at like a bar, right? Like would chicks try to like get around you guys because they saw cameras? Yeah, absolutely. That was so my thing. So Joe was um, Joe had a girlfriend yep. um, and Nick. I oh Nikki, Nikki. Nick. And, uh, you know, Dan, 
Dan was going to the other bars, I should say. Yeah. So that left me. I was the only guy, you know, I'm this all-American guy going out. And then you have cameras around you. And at 24 years old and the bars in South Beach, how do you say this classy? Yes, girls would hit on you. But I've always said it wasn't me they were hitting on. They were was the cameras that were behind me or whatever hitting on. So, yeah. And not only that, we could bring people back to the house. So, yes, it was uh, it became the norm for people uh, because it was a lot of the same people that were out at the same bars. So once we would walk in and we knew the bar owners and then there's the cameras. Um, so it, it was not realistic in a way, like they say, reality TV. But that wasn't realistic. Walking to bars and getting free drinks and VIP. That's all the cameras. You know, and I have no problem admitting that at all. Was it like pretty like you guys had a lot of leeway or would you say like there were some tight maybe regulations with what you guys were able to do there? Both. Um, so technically, I mean, I'm sure you know how it all works, but you're mic'd up. Mm-hmm. The guys are following you. Um, at the time, you know, we had beepers back at the time because there was no cell phones. Yeah, yeah. So you had beepers. So if they beeped you, you had to go to a pay phone call like, hey, where are you? Um and they wanted you to stay in range, uh, but a couple times, a few times, um, I had to escape. <laughs> if I wanted anything fun to happen, you know, I was giving my 24-year-old self, you know, meeting girls out or something. I, with cameras around, certain things weren't going to happen. So I would escape a few times, but they gave us some leeway, you know, finally just go out here and there. Mm-hmm. But, I, you know, the funny thing you ask about that is uh, the crew wanted to go out just as much as we did. Really? Well, because their lives were depending on what we did. Right. So if we sat at home, they're sitting at home and keep in mind, they're pretty much the same age as us. So yeah. they want to go out too. So, you know, a couple of nights I'd want to stay in after being out a few nights in a row and a new crew would rotate and be there. And they're like, Mike, even though we're not supposed to talk to them or vice versa, Mike, come on, please fucking go out, go out, please. So I'd be like, all right, all right. So we, you know, that fourth wall got broken a few times. It wasn't supposed to, but I don't mind saying it now, 26 years later. But yeah, some of the crew were like, come on, let's go out, let's go out. So, uh, so there was some leeway in that too. Yeah. One thing I do like to do with my guests now is I kind of ask them like their pre real world and like what they were up to and kind of what led them to their audition process. So could you maybe walk me through a little bit, like what your pre real world life was? I think, were you doing like sports and stuff? Was that like your thing? Oh, I was uh, managing a restaurant at the time. Um, it was a restaurant right here on the ocean. Um, I was the manager there, you know, at 24 years of age and the um, road rules had just aired their very first season. And I watched that and I thought, cause I've always been a fairly adventurous guy. Um, you know, I like to travel, I like to skydive, I like to fly planes, and I've always had that in me. And so when I watched that season, I'm like, I want to do that. You know, that's what I want to do. So I sent in a, uh, well, they were casting for the second season of Road Rules. So I sent in a, like I said, I propped up a huge VHS recorder, hit record. I'm like, hi, my name is Mike. This is who I am, blah, blah, blah. And sent it in. And uh, and I got to the finals of that for the second season of uh, Road Rules. And they um, flew me to New York. And they were like, hey, you know, uh, you're not getting it. I was like, what the fuck? Like, (laughs) okay, thanks. Why'd you fly me up there? Like, well, um, we're going to send you out on a date tonight. So they sent me out on a date. And the girl that I went out with was this tatted up girl who's sweet as can be, but they had cameras following us. I'm like, all right, this is very odd. And um, she kind of whispered across the table, like, hey, they, they want you for the new real world. So because I, you know, I'd been talking to them for three months, you know, all these interviews, I fly to Atlanta and I flew to New York twice, actually. 
Um, and so I told him I really kind of wasn't interested because I don't want to sit in a house. I've seen the real world. I, I wanted to travel. And uh, but they kind of sold me on it with the pool and the jacuzzi and the jet skis and it's modeling season down there. You know, they, they knew how to push my 24 year old buttons. Let's put it that way. So that's how I ended up getting it, though. So I was like, all right, you know, I'll do it. So I went flew back to Florida and then they called and made it official. And then literally, I think 10 days later, I was driving down to Miami. I was the last one to be cast. Really? Wow. What, what do you think it was about the you or maybe the process that you were on that maybe wanted that they wanted you on real world as opposed to road rules? Uh, the, so I remember John Murray telling me, Mike, it wasn't anything you said or didn't say. Um, we just found somebody else. And, you know, I was kind of bummed, like, OK, hey, it's kind of cool. I got to the finals after 50,000 people. Um, and then uh, as far as the real world goes, I was the last one to be cast. So they had Dan and Joe, you know, they had their the token gay guy, the, the token funny guy, whatever Joe is. Uh, they just needed that all-American guy. And also starting a business, I was a restaurant manager, like I said. So starting a business, I was the all-American look. Um, and I had a little bit of business sense. So I think I just I happened to fill that last gap. I was that last piece of the puzzle. And again, like I said, it was 10 days before. And I think Joe and Dan and stuff were cast like several weeks before that. Mm. So, so you know they yeah so it was more so just about like at first you tried out because you wanted to do like those cool adventurous like adrenaline yeah. type stuff not more exactly. so it wasn't yeah. more so about tv aspirations then that was part of it yeah oh, it i mean i, I could have tried out for real world before um before that uh because i'd always kind of wanted to do that like every young person does i like, guess or at least most young people uh but the whole aspect of doing it while traveling and doing fun, adventurous stuff that really like piqued my interest. Um, and I really had no desire to be on real world, to be honest with you. No desire. I'm just not the kind to sit at a house. Now, I didn't know when you watch the seasons before me, you just see little snippets and it doesn't seem like they do much except argue. I didn't realize it was six months of filming crammed into those, you know, 20 episodes. So I got to do a lot more than I thought. And I'm very appreciative of it. Um, but yeah, I, I really wanted to do rotals. And that's why I was really happy when we got picked for a couple of challenges. Yeah. Because I got you got to do that stuff. I finally got to skydive, which I'd been wanting to do. I did my very first solo skydive, which I love skydiving now. It's a passion. Um, but got to do that. Um, you know, we jumped off the stratosphere in Vegas. Yeah. You know, 700 feet, stuff like that. You know, uh, so I got to do some of the stuff that I wanted to do when I was wanting to do the road rules. Um, so it all kind of worked out. It came full circle. You got to meet a lot of those uh, other seasons, right? Like people from those seasons. I did. I did. Um, well, I mean, you kind of had to when you do the challenge because there's really, you know, nobody else. Um, got to meet people from Road Rules. Um, and then uh, the first one I did, the Challenge 2000, was with Tech um, and Dave from Seattle. Yeah. He and I were like brothers for a while after that. And I haven't seen him in years. And I actually just got his number from a buddy of mine in Vegas, like a couple weeks ago. Dave Burns? So, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I'm going to uh, get in touch with him just to catch up. Uh, but then Heather B from the first real world. And her and I are like, I mean, that's I'm her boo. She's my boo. Uh, when I go to New York, you know, I always get in touch with her. Oh. Yeah. So, I, yeah. Yeah. So a lot of the people that I've got to meet have been all from seasons prior to mine, um, which is great. And a lot of them we still keep in touch. Like I said, Norm myself heather b um rachel and sean we kind of lost touch but for many years like i was in their wedding with norm 
but you know, I've kind of lost touch. But yeah, so a lot of the people I've met have been great. The friendships that have formed and bonded over the years. Yeah, it's been really, really cool. I was just about to bring this up since all those people that you just listed for the most part, you all have one thing in common, and it's that you guys all start in the wedding video. The wedding video. Yeah. Yes. Oh, my God. So that was the house that Norm and uh, Rachel and I lived at uh, in Beverly Hills. It's called The Castle. Yeah. It's this monstrous, monstrous house that we happened to get. Dan, Dan from my season actually found the house. Really? I, don't, I forgot how we found it. He knew the owner or something. Uh, but they were filming porn there, um, dealing drugs. And it was literally a castle. I mean, if you look it up, it was a castle. It was built like a castle with dungeons and everything. And so we filmed it there. Um, and it all started when Norm and I were living there. He wanted to write a movie, like a snuff type film. Mm-hmm. So I'll never forget sitting on the roof and Norm and I like coming up with ideas for movies and, you know, him coming up with ideas, me jotting it down like this and that. And his best friend, Clint, who's uh, one of the producers and directors of the wedding video. And it just kind of fizzled. And then about a year later, he's like, look, I got this idea. Like, come on, you're in it. You know, we got Cyrus and, you know, all these other people. I got, I forgot who, uh, forgot Sean and Rachel. Lindsay, but Lindsay from Seattle was in it. Lindsay was in it. Yeah. Um, God, I forgot. I hadn't seen it in years, but it was fun to do. I tell you what, it was really, really fun to do. Um, it was just getting all of us together and being silly. You know, it wasn't like a huge production video. Obviously, it was shot with, you know, a small camera. But yeah, I've forgotten about that. No, Norm, Norm and I just spoke about this yesterday. I think Warner Brothers picked up the rights to the movie for a while. So that's why it kind of didn't see the light of day as much. And I think Norm just actually got the rights back. So he might be uh, putting putting it out soon. I wonder if that's still relevant. I mean, I'm sure it's still kind of fun to watch. But that was 22 years ago. I think two thousand. Yeah, it's around two two thousand one, maybe. Yeah, yeah, that's around there. Because I know we had just moved out of the house, so yeah, it's not. So I moved out in ninety nine. So yeah, it was around ninety nine two thousand. Holy shit! Okay, cool. I have to give him a buzz. That's great. Didn't know that. Did you get any like potential TV opportunities like uh, from your time on Real World to potentially like? do other shows or like was that something you wanted to pursue entertainment i did i wanted to get into comedy um and i took some acting classes and i did some comedy stuff uh there in la um and then honestly man i just realized it's not easy yeah you know, i mean i i like speaking uh like this is fun but i really enjoy being in front of a crowd hmm. you know we would do college speaking tours um like traveling around the country like at university of miami we did one here in jacksonville at ju we did one connecticut and being up in front of a group of people i mean i love so i've always wanted to get into that aspect but man there's some really smart and funny people out there so i mean you got to be at the top of your game so once i got into that and looked at the acting stuff i'm like you know what it's just not for me as much as i wanted to and i liked it it's just not for me i think real worlders and road rules a popular thing is to kind of shift into comedy from what i could tell yeah, you know, the, um, the, and I'll never forget this, the challenge we did in Cabo, Theo was on. Yep. And I'll never forget it. And I don't, I don't, I don't even know if he was on a real world or a road rules. I really don't know. He was on, uh, on road rules. He was on road rules. Okay. But I'll never forget, man, when the hurricane came and we were just kind of stuck there for several days because we didn't have electricity or anything like that. And we were drinking warm beer and tequila. That fucker made me laugh so much back then. And then I, you know, here he's on comedy, like he's doing really well now. And I love seeing that. Yeah, I love seeing that. But he's really good. Um, but yeah, I think 
as far as comedy goes, he's, I think, the pinnacle when it comes. And then I think Dave from L.A. did some stand-up. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but that was back in the day. But Theo's kind of killing it right now, if I'm not mistaken. Didn't Dave get sick on that one, the one in Cabo? Dave. Dave, Dave from L.A. Oh, he wasn't on our Cabo challenge, I don't think. Oh, uh, because uh, maybe he was. John, John, John apparently replaced him. This is what Norm was saying. You guys got down to Mexico and David got yeah. sick. He drank like some. That's right. Holy, see, I never remembered that until you just said it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, keep it. So, like, they had both bridges on the side of our um, our hotel were washed away from the hurricane. I think like 10,000 homes destroyed, like 40 or some people died. And um, we literally had nothing. We had no ice, nothing. The production had their batteries, but that's how they could keep the lights and stuff on. But literally, warm beer and warm tequila, that was it for like three, four days straight. Oh, yeah. That, I mean, that some, people, some people would consider that heaven, but it got pretty old after the first day. That entire challenge just felt like something out of like the Twilight Zone with everything happening. Like you had in real life, you had hurricanes, but you also had like 9-11 had just happened like not too long before you guys were going out to shoot this thing. Yeah. So not like I still have not seen that season of, of our challenge, uh, but I do remember being there. And I remember, you know, obviously post 9-11, uh, we had to wait three weeks, I think, till we went back down because they had to, you know, we couldn't fly on planes. But like our first challenge was skydiving down yeah. to the hotel on the beach. And I think the first couple challenges were great. And then all of a sudden, hey, we got a Cat 5 hurricane coming, barreling right at us. So it went just from the funnest time to like, oh, shit. Now, we made the best of what we had, you know, the toga party and the drinking. Um, and I remember at one point being the adventure guy that I am, I was going out on the rocks in front of the hotel right before the massive hurricane hit, before the, the brunt of it. And Julie Peasy yelling at me, Mike, get the fuck off the rocks. She was kind of responsible for the whole thing. But after that, it just deflated the whole, the whole, like everything just went down. So I, I remember one of the challenges we did was walking around a pool with a raft around our waist. I remember that. Music, like a version of musical chairs. But yeah, I, yeah, I remember it just being very odd once mm-hmm. the hurricane hit. And then it just kind of went there. Did, did the challenges live up to what you had envisioned or would you? The first one did. First the first one. one was great. Traveling around on a bus all around the country. You know, we started in Vegas and just kind of went up and around and then ended up down in Key West and then back in Miami. And that did. I mean, we got a skydive, jump off buildings, you know, do, do a, a buttload of really, really fun stuff. So that was great. Um, the second one obviously didn't live up to the hype, but that was not due to anything other than Mother Nature, you know. Well, speaking of mothers, Baloo brought her child on that one. Remember that? Yes, I do. That's right. God, I, I, you know I'm, bring, I'm bringing you back down the rabbit hole. Yeah, man. Well, now I'm kind of wanting to go and uh, check it. I mean, are there a YouTube or anything? Or, or I got a Google Drive with the seasons on it if you want it. Yeah, it'd be kind of. I mean, like I said, I've never watched them. It might be kind of fun now, you know, that I'm older. Yeah. Back then, it's kind of cringe. Actually, it might still be cringeworthy now. I don't know. But yeah, that might be kind of fun to watch it. Like I said, I've watched my season and not one ounce of reality since. Were Were you okay with the portrayal of yourself like on your Miami seasons or, or were there some things like you didn't like? Yeah, I didn't like the way the interviews went. Um, we had a first time producer on that um, that when we did our interviews and I'm pretty animated, you know, I talk with my hands and I, you know, move around. 
And I was told, you know, to sit still, you know, not move. And I just felt like a fucking skeleton. I felt catatonic for a while. I'm like, all right, I can't be myself. And he's like, don't. And uh, it's funny, uh, Rick D'Oliveria, um, who's a dear friend who was the producer of our first challenge. He actually just came. He might. Well, he just came here to Florida. Got to know him again over the past couple of years. Um, and I was talking to him about that exact same thing. And he's like, yeah, yeah, that producer, his name was Tom. Uh, only lasted one season because of stuff like that. So, I mean, I was portrayed correctly as far as the active stuff goes, but like the interviews, like when I watched them, I'm like, good God, like I look so uncomfortable. And that bothered me a little bit, but you know, fuck it. Now that you're bringing this up, this actually kind of like rings a bell now. You kind of do seem like a little like stoic in the interviews, yeah. like, like almost like somebody's yeah. like sitting behind the camera, like telling, like telling you what to yeah yeah he did i was literally told not to move like just sit there and I'm like fuck like this is not me and then i go back and i see like joe you know very active when he talks you know dan you know doing this i'm like the fuck maybe i don't know yeah it didn't fit my persona that's for sure at least in the interviews everything else as far as our everyday life yeah that was you know pretty much me did they portray the uh, or like did they try to like heighten up like the whole scene with like the waitress and you and uh, Melissa? They I think they portrayed that pretty accurately. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, what you didn't see, um, obviously, uh, like I don't really get into it. Obviously, that's the most asked question over the last 26 years, at least to myself. Um you know, out of respect to Melissa, like, you know, if we ever did a reunion, I would talk to her about it. You know, she's got a child now and I don't want to disrespect anything. But if we decide we'd ever want to bring it up and talk about it, that'd be great. Um, but, yeah, as far as the whole incident goes, it was portrayed pretty correctly. I mean, obviously what you see, I'm out there flashing people and we're in the jacuzzi. You you can't lie about that stuff. It's on film. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, that was uh, definitely one of the uh, the highlights of our season, I know, for sure. And I still get asked about it to this day. To this day, I still get asked about it. Well, like through DMs, I assume, or something like that? Or just like... people. No, just people. Really? Like, hey, what wow. Yeah. What, what really happened in the shower? I'm like, I don't know. What do you think? You know, I just. <laughs> it's got to be know. so weird. Imagine just like in a supermarket reaching for like cream cheese or something. And then some random pedestrians behind you like taps you. He's like, hey, so what happened? <laughs> yeah, it's not quite like that. But yeah, it's. um. Yeah, it, it's pretty odd. That's still get asked. And a, a lot of people still ask about uh, Dan and Melissa and the fight. Yeah. Uh, not as much as the shower scene, obviously, or the jacuzzi scene, whatever you want to call it. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it makes me laugh when it happens. Because a lot of the people that are asking me look like they're not even old enough to be alive when it, when it happened. So, uh, you know, like I said, I don't know if they air it. I don't think they're airing it at all, um, at least our season. Uh, but somehow they know about it. And it's, it's yeah. pretty funny. Did you enjoy like the fan encounters like post show or like were some like like how was maybe your reception with the fans like were they nice or like I were did, they mean? You know, I did it, well yeah I I really did um, especially doing charity events and stuff like that you know people were there to see you and they want to meet you um, a few times you know if you're in your own element um, and I, I just can't imagine how some of these a list celebrities deal with this shit but you know sometimes you're just in your own element maybe on a date or something and you just Hey, you know, I'm just doing my thing. You know, I don't, you know, I'm just Mike. I'm, you know, you know, I'm not this celebrity. I just don't happen to be on a reality show. And then it turns into, God, he's an asshole, <laughs> you know, stuff like that, which is the opposite. It's just, fuck. so like I said, I don't know how a lot of these people deal with what they do, you know, on an everyday basis. 
It would drive me nuts. Takes a certain uh, level of like discipline and like patience. Well, discipline and obviously, you know, you just adapt to it. I guess at some point, you know, it's just part of the territory for those people. Yeah, but well, you know, like that—that that rarely happens to me anymore. You know, once in a while I get recognized or like, "Hey, are you on so and so?" But yeah, that's it. It's not something I have to deal with anymore. Yeah. Well, so you mentioned about like the reality stuff and like the drama, like not necessarily like catering to to you that melissa and dan scene like with them arguing over the envelope that's re referred to as like one of the more like iconic moments from your season like funny moments obviously it's like a drama scene so like when for you from like a third party third party perspective like to, yeah. to watch that is that like objectively funny it was to me because honestly i'm the one that kind of hyped it up yeah um, you know i was the hype man on that one um Looking back, you know, from a more mature, mature perspective, you know, it's fucking silly. Uh, but back then it was fucking awesome. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I was laughing the whole time because at that time, you know, we all had our our little pet peeves with certain people. And, you, you know, everybody moves in and it's this great thing. And after a couple of weeks, you start to learn about people and you get in your arguments and stuff. And everybody had their clicks. Um, and I think maybe at that point in time, like maybe Melissa was doing something to get on my nerves or whatever. So I. I think I hyped up that whole thing. Um, you know, looking back now, it's pretty petty. But at the time, I was laughing my ass off. I'm not going to lie about that. <laughs> well, uh, I'm glad we were able to make this happen. You know, this yeah. was a ton of fun uh, getting to chat. And, um, you know, hopefully we do see you guys again for homecoming. I know a lot of people are hoping for that, including myself. And um, it was good to meet you and catch up with you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks for uh, thanks for this. And my first time doing it, you uh, de-virginized me as far as <laughs> Skype or Zoom or whatever it is. Listen, so, man, yeah, this is fun. Though. We could be having another one of these in the future if, uh, if a certain show materializes. So be happy to. Absolutely. So uh, fingers crossed on that one. And um, I have a feeling you will probably be one of the first ones to know. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, take care. I'll let you know and I'll send you the link when this is out and have a great rest of your day. You too, buddy. Thank you, Michael. Enjoy, buddy.